Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Hello there and welcome to Tech Radio, the number one Irish tech podcast with you every Friday morning with your favourite podcasting app or Friday evening with RTE Radio. Our show this week brought to you by Intact Software at intactsoftware.com and we'll find out more about what they do here in Ireland and of course across the world later on in the show. My name is Dusty Rhodes. This is show number 889. And this week we're talking good news and bad news for Apple. Uh, Real life Captain Kirk, of course, and more social networks go down. Uh, to talk about all of this is our editor-in-chief, Niall Kitts. And we'll start off with Apple, uh, a new event uh, announced for next Monday, 6pm at Irish time. What do you reckon is going to be announced? Yeah. Okay. Apple Unleashed uh, is what they're calling it, which means it's going to be something mobile. And of course, the rumor mill says it's going to be a new, a new redesigned MacBook Pro in two sizes, 14 inch and 16 inch. Uh, very much as we know, the MacBook Pro always um, aimed at the creative space, at photographers, at people in media, guys like yourself and myself, mm. um, who can afford a shed load of money for something you can get for under a thousand euro that just happens guys like you and i keep shed loads of cash for events like this true true yeah <laughs> we, we sort of look at them and go now now is the time i wish another shed load of cash anyways another another one so do, do you want to know what to expect you're gonna love go this you're absolutely going to love this. Okay, right. Um, right, I'm going to blow your mind first off. One, the return of MagSafe charging. Hallelujah. Yeah, okay. no more relying on USB. I like this it. Is, the this one, is great. Whatever about the MagSafe, the one thing that I'm watching is that God awful, I absolutely hate it. Touch bar. Please tell me they're getting rid of it. Touch bar is going. Hallelujah. There's there's going to be regular function keys just like everyone else. <sighs> Thank God. Do you want to hear something else that's going to make your make your day? Go on. There will be an SD card slot. <laughs> well, as you said, for photographers, anybody who does photography or video or whatever, SD, you have to have it. Do you, do you know what it is? It's like they looked back 10 years and went, Oh, wait a minute. Our sales were really good yeah. and people loved us when yeah. we had machines like this. Yeah, that's who our customers are. We forgot. We got yeah. so far up our own rear end that we couldn't see what it was all about anymore. <laughs> Fortunately, that's we it. squeezed ourselves back out into the sunlight and we're enlightened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course, uh, you are also going to like this because it's something we've talked about an awful lot when it comes to uh, a new something. Go on. Uh, never to get version one. There is a new M1 processor coming out that will be powering these things called Ooh. the M1X. Oh, now how are they souping that up? Because there's eight cores at the uh, uh, at the moment. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's going to... How many cores would you like, sir? Well... <laughs> I mean, I would love double that. I would love four times that. 32 core processor would be amazing. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, 10 is, is is what I go for realistically. Uh, okay, let's just see what the internet has to say over this. 
um, because I know we're actually nearing the kind of cores you would actually be looking for. So let's see if I have, yep, we have the M1, a 10 core CPU. Nice. And a 16 core or 32 core GPU. Nice, 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 nice. I can't wait to get my hands on that in, in the real world. Um, yeah. Very nice. Plus an OLED screen, 1080p and a decent webcam. Oh. Uh, this is this is Apple coming back into the world, to be honest. Yeah, it is. Their webcams have been dreadful for a long time yeah. on everything. It's like, what? Why? They're like the world yeah. leader in, 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 in everything. Uh, uh, very, 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 very strange. But the uh, event is on, on Monday. Monday evening, Unleash It's Called, and it's happening at 6 p.m. Irish time. If you don't get to see it online, uh, Niall and myself will be watching and there will be updates at techcentral.ie. That's the good news for Apple this week. The bad news is they're not going to be able to make as many phones. Uh, is that right? There, yep, just like everyone else in the world, the supply chain issues between uh, manufacturing in China, thanks mm. to COVID uh, being a big problem, all the way up to logistics, also COVID related. But, you know, uh, in terms of uh, the UK, indeed, there is there is Brexit. Mm. So there are additional hoops to be to jump through there. But yeah, this, the supply chain squeeze has hit Apple in terms of the iPhone 13. They're not going to make the kind of sales they were expecting to in Q4. That's given that the iPhone is Apple's most profitable product uh-huh. and the 13 was something of a, a, a big step up if you're into your photography. Yeah. Uh, this is really going to hurt Apple's Q4 profits. So which in I turn, which in turn will hurt its share price, which in turn mm. means that it's now more likely that I'm going to ask for Apple shares for Christmas. Yeah, they just if might be affordable. A, how much is an Apple share at the moment? I don't know, 600 quid or something, it's, I think, for one. It's something ridiculous, yeah. Like a friend of mine had shares in Apple oh. and he paid like $400 uh, for it at the time. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Still sitting at I'm, a, I'm doing a, a Joe Rogan this week, just whenever something comes to mind. I was oh, no. like, okay, what is, is it? Surely there's an answer for this on the interweb somewhere. <laughs> actually, actually, I'm looking at it and shares in Apple are $140.91. What? Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my goodness, I thought there were way more than that. All right, yeah. okay. Well, well, whatever. That's a, yeah. Christmas is coming. Uh, Christmas is coming indeed. I might get six shares then after all. <laughs> um, all the news this week, uh, we had social networks down, of course, uh, Facebook and, and, and all of that lot making the headlines last week. This week, who's gone? Snapchat. Story over. I was about to say, <laughs> does Just anybody keeping, care? Keeping in line with does what they do. Care? TikTok <laughs> is down. How can I live? <laughs> Snapchat. Uh, well, I tell you, TikTok going down would be a much bigger deal than Snapchat. Mm. Uh, Snapchat's moment in the zeitgeist, I think, is... is is came and been. That's not to say that it's, you know, on the way out. But I mean, when was the last time somebody talked to you about Snapchat? Oh, look at him dissing it. That's it. It's gone. It's closed. It's it's gone. Have you seen the share price of Snapchat? It's like one dollar. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, I, 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 I don't you... use it, so I don't care, to be honest. All right. Uh, and I'm probably not hanging around with I don't I don't have kids around the house anymore. So um Okay. Snapchat is seventy five dollars. They Oh wow, really? Oh yeah, I think you you you, you, healthy, you want to look into your Apple share price again, mate. I think you're looking it up on the wrong place. You're looking it up on the on the way back when engine. 
that's that's what you're looking at. Listen, moving on. Uh, the other yeah. big story of the week, the third big story of the week, really is one man boldly going with where very few have gone before. William Shatner, actually in actual space, actual Captain Kirk. Do you know what? Do you know what really blew my mind about this? Uh, he's ninety. He's the oldest mm. man to have gone into mm. space. Um. Yeah. What blew my mind, mind about blown. it, right, is they had a picture of him and then video and stuff like that on the news and they go, and he's 90 and you like literally do a double take and you go, he's what? Mm. But he's moving yeah. around like a kind of a, a normal person. He looks am- he looks amazing for somebody who's 90 years of age. Yeah. Very, very mobile. Very uh, vivacious gentleman. Very uh, vivacious. I wonder, how much, I wonder how much training he had to do for that flight. Because, I mean, we're familiar with, you know, the grueling NASA training program. Oh. You know, you're going to lose your lunch over everything because you're learning how to deal with G-forces and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. So there's I a great, wonder, there's a great like, uh, documentary on Netflix at the moment about the SpaceX uh, flight as well, with the first four civilians to go into space. And they right. were on their own. So, like, there, there wasn't a pilot amongst them, but they did have to have significant training. Uh, what kind of training do you give a knight here? He didn't need any training. He's Captain Kirk. He's been everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> he spent most of his life in... What kind of training do you want to give him? Listen, seriously, though, when he uh, landed back on Earth, I just thought it was just fascinating to hear because the capsule landed and touched down on the, on the ground and William Shatner got out and literally the first person he was speaking to was Jeff Bezos and what he had to say and the way he said it and how emotional he was was, was just unbelievable. Take a, take a listen. The covering of blue, this, this sheet, this blanket, this, com- this comforter of blue that we have around we think, oh, that's blue sky. And then suddenly you shoot through it all of a sudden as so though you whip off a sheet off you when you're asleep and you're looking into blackness, into black ugliness. And you look down, there's the blue down there and the black up there and it's it's just there is mother and earth and comfort and there's is there death i don't know what's that death is that the way death is whoop and it's gone you have done something i mean whatever those other guys are doing what it what isn't they don't i don't know about that what you have given me is the most profound experience I can imagine. Uh, I'm so filled with emotion about what just happened. I, I just, it's extraordinary, extraordinary. I think it's quite amazing that William Shatner, even though he's an actor playing Captain Kirk, but he's a man who must have thought a lot about space in his lifetime. As anybody who is into science fiction and we think about, you know, uh, uh, Isaac Asanov and all of the stories and the movies that we watch and little thoughts going into our head, what is it actually like? I mean, there's a man who, like us, has thought about what is it actually like to go to space? He was there for, what, five minutes, maybe? Um, and floating and he came down and he was just like, wow, to, to hear that description from him and then to hear him getting very emotional about it uh, uh, afterwards. I thought, yeah. I thought it was very touching. That blue comforter, that's that's going to stick with me. That's going to stick with you. You like that. Uh, also, yeah. also, I have to give William Shatner fair credit to where it's due. Because oh. this is not the first time he was offered a ride into space. 
Okay. Many years ago, when Richard Branson was putting together Virgin Galactic, he offered William Shatner uh, a ride in the Virgin Galactic aircraft. And William Shatner oh. turned him down. Because he, down. Because he would have had to pay for a ticket. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Isn't that just delightful? <laughs> oh, dear. What's Virgin Galactic going for these days? It's like 400 thousand pounds a ticket or something uh, no uh I, I, do you know I, I i can't remember one of them is really oh yeah 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 i think it's something like that four hundred thousand dollars but there's another crew uh who are now doing balloons really really high altitude balloons that will get you up to a hundred thousand uh, feet or whatever it, it, it happens to be or 100 kilometers i think uh, in a balloon yeah. And you will be able to see kind of that curvature of the earth. I don't think you'll expe- experience weightlessness, but you'll certainly see the curvature of the earth mm-hmm. like no one has seen. If you have a spare $450,000, it's a seat is yours. Well, there you go. There you go. Listen, that is the news for this week. Thank you, Niall, for keeping us up to date. As always, remember, we will keep you up to date daily on all things tech with hourly updates and daily newsletters, which you can grab for free at techcentral.ie. This is Tech Central, your weekly tech podcast from Ireland's techcentral.ie We've learned a lot about ourselves and our co-workers during a COVID, but how well do we work when we're left alone? How valuable is that team dynamic? Are we able to keep up with our customers' demands? Intact is an enterprise resource planning software company who are based in Dundalk and CEO Justin Lawless spoke to Niall Kitson during the week about how his clients and his own business changed during the pandemic. Justin, for those of us who mightn't be familiar with Intact, tell us a little bit about the company and what you do. Um, okay, so the company was formed in 1992, so we're around uh, almost 30 years now and uh we, we live in the world of ERP software and uh, I guess more modernly it's kind of known as digital transformation. Um, but effectively, uh, we build software in Dundalk here is where we're, most of our people are based. So we have about 200 people in the company and uh, we build software here in Dundalk and we ship it all around the world. And that software runs people business people's businesses. So people some people call it management information systems as well. Um, other people refer to it as accounting and stock control software. But uh, yeah, so we build that technology uh, that helps the supply chains all across the world um, move their goods around. And a, a, an interesting side note uh, there is the location in Dundalk. So uh, what exactly attracted the company to Dundalk? Was it was it, was it always there or was it a decision to move out of the, the leafy suburbs or the, the hellscape that is Dublin? No, the the company was formed and founded in Dundalk by two Dundalk uh, uh, guys. So one was an accountant and one was a programmer. So with all the creativity of an accountant and a programmer, they came up with a, an accounting uh, <laughs> accounting package. So, uh, but it was always in Dundalk. So we started uh, with two people and uh, have since grown it to over two hundred people. So, yeah, it, there's no there's no uh, leafy suburb move background. It's 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 always been formed here and it's uh, it's always existed here. Great and, and wonderful to hear a, a success story from companies that are operating outside the major urban areas. Um, so 
COVID-19 came along and changed the, the working landscape for pretty much everybody. Um, for a software company, it's actually it's arguable that pretty much everyone in, in tech had a comparatively easy ride when it came to dealing with the pandemic because an awful lot of us just had to plug in at home and continue working as usual. However, as a company that works with other companies, you had a sort of a, a double problem in that how to reorganize yourselves internally and how to change the way you worked with your customers. So let's look at the second part of that. How did you respond to your customers changing needs? Yeah, so I, I mean, I guess at the start of the pandemic, nobody really knew what to do. And the one thing that we were keen not to do was to uh, pull on the brakes and eventually go over the handlebars. So we wanted to kind of plan out uh, how we reacted to the to the pandemic. And uh Central to that was our customers' success. So we needed to make sure that our customers were going to be successful because uh, without them, we just don't exist. Um, so we saw a significant change in their worlds um, where they had lots of people who would have been on the road and all of a sudden uh, they were no longer able to do that. So we, t- we tend to operate in uh, quite a lot in the building supply chain. And uh, it's funny, we've lots of customers in in timber and tiles and um, building materials, but PPE was a, is another big area for, of our customer space. And uh, people didn't know what PPE was until uh, about 18 months ago, but now it's the, on the tip of everyone's uh, tongue. So a, a lot of our customers shipped that stuff around. So we were a fundamental part of their supply chain. Uh, our systems help them to to move their goods. They help it helps them to purchase their goods, um, and also make sure that they can get their goods to their customers in an efficient and safe manner as well. So, we had to really react to to their needs uh, as quickly as possible. So we were very close to our customers. Um, we said to them, "Look, what what can we do to help you guys out?" And uh, we ended up giving a whole bunch of our customers free licenses as well in order to help them to survive. And uh, luckily, and this is pure luck. I mean, it's not strategy. We just got very lucky in that a lot of our customers were very successful in that when people weren't spending money going on holidays, they were spending money doing up their homes and uh, and their gardens. And a lot of our customers are in that particular space. So um, we just did whatever we could to make, make, them, make them a success uh, and to help them get along. I suppose having that constant conversation with your uh, with your customers really did give you a, a good sense of what exactly people are up to. Um, so did that in any way inform how your company itself changed the way it operates? Yeah, I, I think that we became, um, I guess, trusted advisors for lots of our customers because, um, I mean, uh, Things weren't very different between our, our customer base exists primarily in Ireland, in the UK, um, in Australia, New Zealand, and parts of Europe as well. And we found it all across the board. There were certain themes that they all wanted to do. And effectively, a lot of companies and a lot of more traditional businesses weren't weren't doing that much uh, trading online. So they really wanted to accelerate their 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 move towards uh, e-commerce collect activities as well. So um, we ended up being that consultative piece for that for our customers and uh we i mean for us it was a really good thing because we could see our customers actually um i guess accelerating their move towards towards e-commerce where traditionally they would tend to be kind of a bit slow in doing so you'd see in different parts of the world or different industries that uh they would move to e-commerce much much sooner and uh i actually think that a, a kind of nice side effect of this dare i say that um 
will be that companies have actually made the move online sooner than they might have, and or they may have found themselves disrupted a great deal more than than they would have had they not invested in the e-commerce uh, strategies as well. And of course, their ERP system is the baseline technology that allows their e-commerce platforms plug into their in, into their business model. Yes, it, from a, that consultancy perspective, when you when you look at the digital landscape in Ireland up until very recently, we were seeing things like forty percent of small businesses not even having their own website, let alone being able to process transactions. So, did you find an awful lot of new customers coming to you as well? Going, okay, listen, we we realise we've had to make this change really quickly. Help us. We did. Um, I think it really forced people to think about their systems. And uh, one of the key things that somebody said to me was that, look, we really we realize now that we need to be able to run our business from behind a laptop and old accounting systems and old disparate systems wouldn't allow them to do that. So they came to us looking for effectively, I mean, what they believe was a digital transformation in, in, a, in a few weeks, which, which is not possible. I mean, it, it takes a lot of planning. It takes a lot of uh, consideration around type of technology, what's important for the business, the longer term goals of the business. But uh, for sure, it, it really got people thinking about how important uh, technology was in their business. Uh, you, you always get, I guess, a spectrum of people who, who consider technology to be a, a necessary evil. And then you get the people who look at it as being a, an enabler for their business. And I guess those who saw it as an, an enabler were coming to us very soon. And those who saw it as being, okay, we really need to do something here, kind of came to us a bit later on. So, um, but but for sure, it was a real positive thing to see people, you know, leveraging the, leveraging the technology in order to enable them to continue their business um, and offer their customers a better service as well. So looking internally, once again, having to sort of shift to that slightly um, consultative model uh, in a way that you hadn't before, of course, you had your own uh, challenges in working with a distributed workforce. So I mentioned earlier that for a lot of tech companies, it was pretty much go home and plug and play. Was that your experience as well? Yeah, again, I think we were just very fortunate that we, because we have uh, five or six offices and we did have people working from home, uh, prior to that, uh, we were able to kind of just lift laptops on a on a on a Tuesday, and uh, everyone worked from home on Wednesday. So, a couple of small glitches, but you know, most of our customers didn't notice that at all. Our, all our telephones were, were cloud based as well. We had really good infrastructures, lots of stuff uh, in in the cloud. So it was really simple for us to to do that. But it was less simple for us was to actually get out on site for some of our customers and help them to do that. That was, uh, that was, a, that was a significant challenge at the start. Another thing uh, a lot of companies that I've spoken to uh, have mentioned is the lack of those water cooler moments, the lack of an internal dynamic to keep companies moving. How did you deal with that problem? Yeah, I mean, look, I think we did all the things that uh, lots of other companies did. We had, you know, the care packs, we had uh, calls that weren't about work. We had uh, Friday evening uh, get togethers and drinks and, and, and stuff like that. So we did a lot of that stuff. But, you know, none of that actually replaces those moments that you get at a, at a water cooler or over lunch or even a, a, a very brief meeting in the office and saying, can I talk to you about something? It, it just, it, it, there was no way to replicate that, I, I personally believe. And, uh, you know, we're seeing that ourselves as we move back more and more to the office, that um, people are thinking differently about about their working lives. People are thinking differently about how they can contribute to each other, help each other out. Um, onboarding new people as well has been uh, has been something that is something that we're very, you know, focused on to make sure we get it as, as, as good as we possibly can. 
Um, but, you know, th- those water cooler moments were difficult to replace. And the only real replacement for them was more water cooler moments when we got people back to the office. Uh, I know that's not necessarily the, the modern thing and cool thing to say, um, but we are seeing it. And the reaction from our people as well, uh, spending more time together is has been hugely beneficial. Yes, and looking at how to manage that return to the office, um, because we are seeing more companies finding a place for that dynamic, for recognising that, yeah, a couple a couple of days a week actually is, is good for everybody, even just from the perspective of getting outside of the house. So for a company with so many people, um, you know, in, in the hundreds with quite large office space, how are you managing that return to work? Is it a case of you've got a certain number of desks marked out and only one person can go per per pod or are you looking at sort of a team-based approach where you're confident of who's vaccinated or how is it working for you so uh, back in the day when this all started to happen we realized that look you know our open plan office space are really really good for certain things but they also have a significant downside so um the first thing you did was we put everybody into effectively their own small glass box so they had uh, glass partitions put up between everybody so they could still see each other but uh they were, they were safe and i think a lot of people actually see that now as being a, a positive thing moving forward that we still have the benefits of the open plan office but we maintain the the safety of when people are setting out their actual desks so um there was a significant amount of planning to make sure that it was right and we have offered and introduced a, a program uh, internally called Intact Flex that enables people to uh, spend 40% of their, of their working time working from home. Um, and we have a road-based system as well to make sure we don't end up with, you know, a Monday, Tuesday team and a Wednesday, Thursday team. We want to make sure that people get to spend time together uh, acro- across different aspects of the business. So uh, lots and lots of planning, um, some frustrations. We are seeing a lot more people choosing to spend their full time in the office now. So that's that's something that's even becoming more and more prevalent in the last uh, 10 days or so. Um, so for people who want to spend time in the office, they'll they'll have their desk, they'll have their chair, they'll have everything that they want. And for those who, who want to spend some more time at home, we'll, we'll probably operate in a, in a slightly more hot desking uh, manner. Um, but anyway, as long as people are safe and as long as people are able to get to and from work and plan their lives around, around work as well that's the that's the bit that we care about that point of planning uh, your life around work i think is something that will really resonate uh, once the pandemic uh, is completely over uh, however we're, we're pretty much there now um, <laughs> what sort of learning well one would hope but what kind of learnings have you taken from the uh, the past 18 months um uh, I mean, uh, number one learning is, I mean, I've always known I've worked with amazing people, but uh, I mean, it has been just so enlightening and eye-opening to see the, the the resilience of people and the people that we have on the team. It's just, it's, you know, I, you know, one of the things that we always talked about is that the things that people in our business do is the reason that they work hard is they work hard for our colleagues. Um, to, to see that uh, has been such a, uh, such a moment of, 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 I guess, real happiness for me to see just how well people work together and how well they want to work together and work for each other. And uh, that's really the number one thing for me, that just to see the, the how much they care about the, their teammates, about how much they care about the business, how much they care about our customers and our partners. It's, it's just, it's been immense and really eye-opening and I'm so, so happy to see it. And I imagine then there will be 
knock-on effects for how products will be developed in the future. Maybe there will be sort of a, a more natural, uh, I suppose, uh, look at the customer experience when things are being developed. Yeah, I mean, we think about everything now in, in different ways that, okay, can we do this contactless? Can we do this? Uh, and there's just a real camaraderie and, and more involvement with the customer in the discussions. And, you know, we always have the customer in the room when we're talking about uh, developing, our, uh, developing more products and, you know, what do they want? And ultimately, our customers really want to give their own customers the very best service. And we just have to put ourselves in the, the customers of our customers, if, if that makes sense. Um, so that's that's the way we see ourselves uh, in this whole thing, that we want the technology just to not be there. We just wanted to get out of the way and for our customers to offer their customers that best experience they possibly can. And that was Niall Kitson chatting with Justin Lawless, the CEO of Intact Software. And you can find out more about them at their website, intactsoftware.com. That's it for our show this week. Do remember you can get the lowdown on all things tech in Ireland with hourly updates, daily newsletters and more at our website techcentral.ie or of course you can listen to us each week online or Fridays with RTE Radio and Extra. Until next time, for myself, Dusty Rhodes and from Niall Kitson, thank you for listening and have a great weekend. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by DigitalAudioProductions.com. Tech Central.